0: Was exhorting there just before I, I came forward about, you know, people wondering your reason, your purpose, why are you here? Just think on this for a minute that before the creation of the
1: world, He knew you,
0: He had a purpose from you in the beginning, and you are created. After his
1: image, after his own kind, I
0: think that's awesome. And what I'm about to share tonight is no, um, no great news, or, or uh, well, no, it is good news. It is great news, but it's not. It's it, praise God, you know, I was trying to stumble over the words there, but no, it's, you know, it is no matter what we're speaking about God's word, it is great news. It is, it is awesome because God is awesome. Before I trip over my words, I open in prayer. <laughs> oh, thank you, Father. We do thank you for the freedom that we have to be able to come and gather into this place. And after so many months, we, it's not a, a thing that we take lightly or take for granted. We thank you that we can gather together to worship, <clears throat> to honor, to bring our praise to you, but to bring that corporate anointing as we fellowship with you. We thank you that tonight, although it's me that's doing the speaking, I pray that it is your word that is being spoken through me. It is your voice that will be heard and that your word will go forth and it will be life-changing and it will be revelatory. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to anchor this message with a scripture because I'm not sure where it's going to go or how it's going to go. It's already changed. So uh, I'm going to read this out of the message uh, translation um, or message version, First uh, John four eight. Woo! Woo! Thank you, Pastor Paul. <laughs> you are the first John. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! I also want to take this opportunity to say thanks to the pastors for the opportunity to actually, um, the privilege to get to share the word with you all, both here in the room and out there on YouTube and out and over the internet as it gets shared many weeks, months, years later. We thank you that God's word is timeless. Thank you. So 1 John 4.8, the message version. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we... Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God.
1: Says it a little differently, doesn't it?
0: Um, Now let's go to Big John. Let's go to the Gospel of John. Chapter 15, Gospel of John, chapter 15, going to start in verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command love each other. Last words
1: again. This is my command love each other. So, not
0: just love God, but love each other. Now, I know on the face of it this is going to sound pretty basic. Some of you have been serving God longer than I have. Some of you have been serving God longer than I've been breathing. But but but, but, but the point is is that there is truth in God's word. And it's foundational It is pivotal. And, you know, we build build things in the natural on foundations. Foundations are absolutely crucial because if the foundation isn't right, everything that goes on over top of it is compromised. If the foundation's not square, the building's not square. If the foundation's not level, you're going to have a tilted building. Or you have to compensate in some other way. We're not talking about having to compensate here. We're talking about having a good, level, straight, square foundation. Well, you know the other thing that happens to foundations over time? They deteriorate. If you've got a crack in your foundation, your foundation is compromised, it's subject to leaks. It's subject to further damage. Foundations can begin to crumble. Some of the old foundations you know, were actually made of rubble stone and mortar and brick. And over time, moisture gets in and it begins to freeze and thaw, especially in our climate, and it expands and contracts and the joints start to weaken and things start to come apart. So again, I'm telling you, love is foundational. But we need to check our foundation periodically. And I really feel compelled that it's time for the church to check the foundation. And why is it so important to check our foundation now? Because we want to grow. We want to develop. So essentially, we want to build or rebuild You can't build a brand new perfect structure on an imperfect foundation. So let's make sure that we check our foundation and let's make sure we get it straight. So, my first two scriptures were talking about love. Specifically, what
1: is love? Is it something? Is it someone? Is it an emotion? Is it a feeling? Is it something you give or something you receive?
0: Some penetrating questions for you to ponder. Remember the scriptures that I read earlier. We know that God is love. Jesus has told his disciples to love each other. So there's a couple of the questions, if you were listening, that were answered there. I'm going to read. I'm going to read um, uh, a definition. Not my definition, but this this definition is actually, and it's not from Noah Webster. It's not from Oxford. Um, it's actually from. Uh, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia because I wanted to see what a traditionally secular definition of love is. Because I want to tell you that's not. what love is, but it it does paint a pretty good picture here. So just bear with me. So um, love encompasses a range of strong and positive emotion and mental states. From the most sublime virtue or good habit, the deepest interpersonal affection to the simplest pleasure. An example of this range of meanings is that the love of a mother differs from the love of a spouse, which differs from the love of food. Most commonly, love refers to a feeling or strong attraction, attraction an emotional attachment. Love is considered to be both positive and negative. With its virtue representing human kindness, compassion, and affection, as the unselfish loyal benevolent concern of for the good of another and its vice representing human or moral flaw akin to vanity selfishness amor proper and egoism or egotism sorry smudge on the paper <laughs> as potentially leading people into a type of mania obsessiveness or codependency. It may also describe compassionate and affectionate actions towards other humans, oneself or animals. In its various forms, love acts as a major facilitator of interpersonal relationships. And owing to its central psychological psychological importance is one of the most common themes in the creative arts. Love has been postulated to be a function that keeps the human beings together against menaces and to facilitate the continuation of the species. So, there's a lot of truth in what's reading here, even from a biblical perspective, right? But again, this is a secular definition from Wikipedia. It's not mine. Not much more to go. Bear with me. There's there's a reason for all this. Ancient Greek philosophers identified six forms of love essentially, familial love. Friendly love or platonic love, romantic love, self-love, guest love, and divine love. Modern authors have distinguished further varieties of love, unrequited love, empty love, companionate love. So in other words, love of a companion. Consummate love, infatuated love, self-love. And courtly love you'd have to almost look up some of those to know what I. Numerous cultures have also distinguished um, yeah, I'm not going to read those. There's a lot of words in there with accents and all kinds of weird things, so we' just skip that for a minute. But. But they have, numerous cultures have distinguished as culturally unique words, definitions, or expressions of love in regards to a spec- specified moments currently lacking in the English language. So there's an element of love here that defies English expression. So you're not going to find it in any English translation. Interesting thought though, isn't it? And here's the last bit of it. Scientific research on emotion has increased significantly over the past two decades. The color wheel theory of love defines three primary, three secondary, and nine tertiary love styles. Describing them in terms of the traditional color wheel, the triangular theory of love suggests intimacy, passion, and commitment, and our core components of love. Love has additional religious or spiritual meaning. This diversity of uses and meanings combined with the complexity of the feelings involved makes, love's, makes love unusually difficult to consistently define compared to other emotional states. I said all that to primary ex- exercise that last line. Makes love usually difficult to consistently define compared to other emotional states. And it is foundational because of God's love for you. If we don't have a really good understanding of what God's love really means for us and to us, it puts in jeopardy everything else that is written for us about God. Because if we're not rooted in the fact that God's love is sublime and that it is unmerited by us and that it is unconditional, we tend to put it in grades. We tend to think that, that, that you know God loves Pastor Paul more than he loves me. Jesus died on the cross for you. Put your name there, individually, singularly. If we were the only person, he would have done it for us for the purpose of redemption. That's the price that God put on you. So we're not meaningless. We're not purposelessness. We're not purposeless. (laughs) Say that five times fast. (laughs) <laughs> say it twice low. <laughs> See, some have say, said or sung, love is just a secondhand emotion. You know, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> yeah. Some have sung, love is all you need. There's a little bit more truth in that, maybe, if you're talking about God. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. <laughs> but doesn't it? Have you looked around lately? Woohoo! Love makes the girl world go round. <laughs> Some people believe that love is a simple thing, right? Splendid. <laughs> yeah, I can hear the songs playing in the background now. All you, all you music guys. Some think love is something that is beyond understanding. So looking again at your foundation, this is not a question for, for me to answer. This is a question for you to answer inside. What do you think? What do you believe love is? What is love to you? What specifically
1: is God's love to you?
0: Some believe that love is a feeling, that if you don't feel it, it's not real. How many of you think that in the spiritual realms, feeling has anything to do with anything? We walk by... Come on, people. We walk by, not by, right. So it's got nothing about what we see or how we feel.
1: So I don't feel loved. Does that mean that I'm not loved? No, it doesn't. Feelings have nothing to do with it.
0: There is an accuser of the brethren, a liar, who will come and tell you that you're not good enough to be loved. That is a lie, right from the pit of hell,
1: because you are loved. And God
0: wants to see the very best for us. How many people in this room are living without any problems? They're walking in perfect health. They don't have any issues. They're not missing any parts. There's no aches. There's no pains. No shortage of money at the end of the month. No hassles. Working in a divinely inspiring environment where things are wonderful all the time, and there's never an issue or a problem. Probably not very many, if any, (laughs) I'm not sure that utopia exists on this side of glory. However, that's God's purpose for us, is to live above all of that stuff that I just said. You know, we might, we might have a health issue. That doesn't mean that we're not loved. It means we're walking something out. Having Speaking as someone who recently had four kidney stones removed, I can tell you, this too shall pass.
1: <laughs> God's love
0: is real and it's not conditional in the, in the group of men in the, in the morning on, on Saturdays we share a lot about things and one of the recurring themes that's been coming up is how we so often as Christians love to complicate things God's love is simple. It is not conditional on what I did, what I am doing, or what I will do.
1: It is. We, we think that, well, I'm not worthy. You don't have to be. God loves you. But I don't feel loved, Brother John. Feelings got nothing to do with
0: it. Right? Now, this is where our part comes in. Because we have a part with each other as well as with God. Because you can be that hand of kindness. You can be that hand of acceptance. You can be that hand of encouragement to the ones who aren't. Feeling anything. Right? When I reach out and touch you, you feel. Rob and I were talking about something, Rob Ells and I were talking about something one, one, one day, and, and he did an illustration which was quite powerful, although I can't quite remember what it was we were talking about, but I remember the effect that it had on me. Is is although what, what he did was he actually took his fist as if he was going to hit me. Now, I knew he wasn't going to hit me. I had trust and faith in my brother. <laughs> I love my brother. <laughs> my brother loves me. He wasn't going to hit me, right? But it sure did look like it. And you know what? Other than the fact that the final impact never happened, it was as real as the fist in my hand now because I could feel the air as it came close to me. You know, he held it. He knew, he knew what he was doing. And I used to do martial arts at one point, so I know how to hold a punch too. I know, I know what, what, and it was real. But it didn't touch me.
1: I still felt it. See, if we lack
0: true understanding of love, we have a distorted view. right? That, that can be the beginning of a crack in the foundation. Because if, if there's any weakness, if there's any opening, then... Pests can get in, right? You know, those little critters called ants, (laughs) right? Ants can get everywhere through small little cracks and crevices. And those little buggers can do a lot of damage too. So let's not let any ants in our foundation. Let's not have any distorted view of our relationship with God and God's relationship with us specifically in as much as he loves us. Man, why does the clock go so much faster on this side of the pulpit? I'm not talking about anything new. I said that already. And we know that this is bedrock. And I know many of you may know it, and I'm glad you do. But just have another look at that foundation just give it another inspection. Do some, do some internal seeking. Make sure that you haven't got any of that distortion in there because unless you're, I've got to say, unless you're living in a bubble, uh, which we'll all be living in for a while, that really doesn't work. Unless you've been living in some kind of isolation without, and oh, that doesn't work either, does it? Unless you've been excluded from any kind of social media or impact from uh, TV or from, you know, even music. Our foundations are always being assaulted. Why? Because there is an enemy of your soul that wants to see you fail. He wants to see you fall. Nothing personal. He hates all of us. We love God, so he hates us. That's just the facts. So I don't. We want to see more of God. We want to see more of His manifestations. We want to see each other grow. We want to see people. We want to see people that have had, you know, um, uh, debilitating issues, diseases, pains. We want to see them instantly restored. We want to see those without hearing have their hearing restored. We like to see those that that may walk away with healing actually walk in divine health, never having to need to be healed. We want to see lives changed. We want to see communities changed. Right? That's not going to happen unless we get a grip on who God is and what our position is in Him. Because when we understand our position, we can walk from a position of authority. We can walk from a position of dominion. And it is so important what we listen to, what we feed ourselves, and this one's going to hurt, and what we say. Now, I know we've all heard this before. This is a faith church. We talk about confessions. We talk about watching what we speak all the time. But it is still amazing to me the number of times that we quote things or reference things that are rooted, you know, Secular music, secular stories, popular quotes, the meme of the week, right? Because it it touches something in the nature where we are now. But is it the truth? Because you don't want to let anything that's not the truth enter in. And we don't want what we speak. You don't want to go around passing... You don't want to go around spreading weed seed. You want seed that's going to bring forth good fruit. Because God's word will not return to him void. It will accomplish that which is set forth to do. Angels hearken to his word being spoken to do his word. If we're speaking the meme of the week or the quote of the month or um, what some famous person on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or something did or said, right, we could have that too.
1: Believe it or not,
0: walking with God is simple. Crickets. (laughs) As I said a minute ago, we tend to make it complicated. We tend to impose rules. We tend to impose traditions. We tend to impose expectations on ourselves, on each other. I can tell you traditionally what happens after I've delivered a message. I beat myself up for lots of time after. But you know what? I'm not going to. Because I'm walking now in a confidence that I am speaking what God has re- spoken to me to speak. I didn't prepare this for myself. I'm definitely listening to it, right? My inner voice, my outer voice, we're listening, right? Because I'm, I'm part of this congregation too. And I have not yet arrived to that place where the shadows as I pass by heal people, you know, I deal in public places all day. Thousands of people I will influence with my shadow. I haven't seen anything miraculous happen yet. That doesn't mean, no, just, just think about this for a minute, that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Just because I don't know about it, and the recipient might
1: not even know about it yet. But when the apostles walked
0: down the road... Even their shadows would cause them to be healed. We tend to make it complicated. So here's, here's the no, news bulletin. It's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they found the center of the universe, and you're not it. <laughs> you see, that's one of those quotes from, from Facebook or something. I saw that the other day. It's like, But we do have an influence in the universe. Make no mistake about it. We try to make about who we are or what we are or what we do or our background. We tend to label ourselves. We tend to characterize ourselves. We tend to limit ourselves by what we think and what we speak. Well, I'm just. No, you're not. You're not just anything. You are a child of the living God. You are a child of the Most High King. You are a priest. You are a king. Priests and kings are, have, in, in biblical perspective, have tremendous power and authority and responsibility. Don't forget the responsibility part, especially the priest part.
1: No idea where I am in these notes. We've heard this before, too. Do you know him? or know about him. Very subtle difference.
0: Huge impact. The seven sons of Sceva said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. Who are you? Because if we know about him, we're not going to have the same level of trust as if we know him. Go back to my physical non-contact uh, with Rob for a minute. I might have known Rob, but if I didn't know Rob, would I have had the same trust that he wasn't going to hit me? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Duck, Bob, weave. You know, strike back. <laughs> It's important. You know, we say it a lot. And, and I'm, you know, I'm preaching to the converted in this room. I mean, everybody, everybody knows it. But there is, somebody, there is somebody within the sound of my voice that needs to hear this. See, in society, we have a number of misconceptions about love. And we've seen, you know, what they thought to be failures in love. Sometimes it's failures in relationships. Sometimes there's an effort involved. Sometimes you know. Sometimes it's it's um, it's easier not to be nice. You know, uh, Jesus refers to you know turn the other cheek. You know, if you get smote on one, turn the other. It would be easier to swing back.
1: Am I being real? But
0: that's not what we're called to do. It would be easier to stand in judgment of somebody that has stumbled and fallen. Even even in 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 times past, perhaps laughed at somebody stumbling and falling. Rejoicing in their failure, hoping that it might help boost you up a little bit. That's not love either. You know. So to be kind, you know, just, just simple things, it, 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 it boggles the mind now. In my relatively short lifetime, I have seen so much how culture has changed. You know, it was used to be commonplace, and my dad taught me, right, if you're the first one to the door, you hold the door open for whoever's coming behind you, whether it's your sister or your mother or your father or another party in the group, or a total stranger who happens to be next in line. When was the last time somebody held the door for you? Right? Sometimes, even you know, if, you know, the the the, uh, the 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 car door. You know, used to be the gentleman used to go and open the car door and hold the door and close the door, make sure that they were in and that nothing was sticking out. Nobody's going to get bumped. or... <laughs> It's a, it's a little thing called kindness. You know, saying please and thank you. Saying goodbye.
1: Like how many times people just click on the phone? It's like,
0: hello? <laughs> uh, it, uh, are we done? <laughs> hello? Are you still there? Not a loose signal? It's like, no, they just ended the conversation. It's like, okay. You, know, you walk in the office.
1: People there, morning.
0: Yeah, exactly. Same response. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or at the end of the day, you're looking around, everybody's gone. Nobody Everybody said a word. Saying goodbye. It, it's like what I used to refer to as a common courtesy, it's a simple act of kindness. Society is moving so far away from that that it's a foreign concept. You hold a door open for an a adult lady as a man, right? You run the risk of thinking that something is, is, you know, you might get a thank you. You're more likely to get a very nervous, distant glare because society has become so distorted. Why?
1: The foundations have cracked. Who is God? What is God? God's not important. That's
0: the world talking, isn't it? We live in a fragile society. People are stretched, stressed, and frazzled. They've got one nerve left, some of them, and you're standing on it.
1: Many have been beaten, bruised, and wounded,
0: literally and physically sometimes uh, uh, emotionally, sometimes figuratively. But we're dealing in a damaged society. We need to do better. Folks, we are the church. We are the church of God. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are his hands extended. We want to see more happen. We need to do more. We need to be better. But it's it's not, you know... God's love is not conditional on us doing that. What is conditional is that our understanding of who God is and that our desire is to be God like or Christ like, to have his nature, to have his ability, to have his compassion, and to see things the way he does. Because he doesn't laugh when you slip and fall, especially if you slip and fall and get hurt. He doesn't stand there laughing, not like the the schoolyard bully. And he doesn't, he's not sitting there on the stone throne of heaven like I used to picture him with a big bat waiting to beat me with a stick because I did something wrong. That was my image of God. Because religion, or what I thought was religion, taught me, you know, it's all about the rules and regulations. You color outside the lines and you're bad. Well, it's not to say that there's not consequences for bad actions and there's not to excuse bad things. And I'm not saying that we're free to go willy-nilly and do whatever we want. But I am saying that we should strive after God's nature. And the best way, rather than just trying to be kind, is to get to know God. Because as we get to know God, we will become more like him. Because he will begin to rub off on us. And as I spend more time with him, and I begin to spend more time in the word with him, as I begin to spend more time in the spirit, I begin to sense more of him. My armor, not my spiritual armor, but my personal, I don't want to let anybody into my space armor, right, is dropping. Because I have a confidence in whom I am, in who I am and whom I am. Whom. <laughs> Whose I am. Thank you. See, we live in again a society of, of let's face it, failed marriages. We live in a, in a society where it's more commonplace to break contracts and sue people for breaking or breaching contracts used to be at one point that when someone said, yeah, I'll do that, we got a deal. Right? <laughs> and, and your word was your bond. Covenant was understood. It meant something. It doesn't end. I know I've taught many years ago. I've taught on covenant. Pastor Gary's taught on covenant. Pastor Paul's talked on covenant. Covenant is important because We have a covenant with God.
1: We have an old and new covenant too.
0: (laughs) But you understand that it's not disposable. It's not secondary. It's not second rate. And you're not second place to anybody. It doesn't matter whether you ever stand behind this pulpit or stand behind one of these instruments or sing a song on the radio. God loves you. And you have a purpose. There is a plan for you. He loves you. He wants to see you well. I got 14 pages of scriptures I could read to you about whatever it is you're going through. He's got a solution for. It doesn't matter if you're anxious. It doesn't matter if you're depressed. It doesn't matter if you're sick. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're short of money. It doesn't matter if you have an abundance of money. It doesn't matter if you're happy. It doesn't matter if you're sad. There is a solution For everything. It doesn't matter if you're short. It doesn't matter if you're tall. It doesn't matter if you're narrow or if you're wide. If you fit between your arms, you're still okay.
1: (laughs) Hallelujah. One last example, I think.
0: Because of the way that society has programmed us to be so... Reserved in our approach with others, almost overly cautious of taking a chance, especially with someone else. If we saw a child playing with a ball, and that ball, the horror of horrors, the ball goes out into the road, and the child goes running after it, we see a car coming. I'd like to think and believe that anyone in this room would run over to that child and grab them out of harm's way. Now, the child isn't thinking about you saving their life. They're thinking,
1: there goes my ball. Now, let me add another element to that.
0: What if one of the parents was there? And you're not the parent. What are they going to say to you after you grabbed or intercepted their child? Our society is so screwed up that they would probably think or consider pressing charges on you for potentially causing harm to their child. Meanwhile, their child was running with reckless abandon unattended in their front yard, right under their nose. But somehow it becomes your fault. Am I wrong? Have we not heard stories like this? We need to put away that that fear of reprisal, though. Let me just say that. That is what it is. It's a fear of repercussions, a fear of reprisal, right? To do what is right. Because we are the children of God. We do what's right.
1: I'm going to have to wrap this up. There are things in this world that are harmful to people.
0: There are people in the church that are also among the beaten, bruised, battered, hurt, wounded. And sometimes in the church, not necessarily in this church, although we're not immune to any of this either, people get hurt, people get offended. And the church has been known in the past to i use the phrase <laughs> eat the young and shoot the wounded you know like they they're just, they just they can be they can be hard but I want, to know, I want you to know this. I want you to remember this. I want you to, to dust off that foundation. And this is one crack that is being fixed right now. God is in the restoration business. It does not matter what happened in the past. It does not what happened yesterday, last week, 10 years ago, 100 years ago, three days after you were born, in the womb. It does not matter. God is in the restoration business. He will not forget you. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you stranded. He will not leave you as an orphan. God is in the healing business. He does not want us. He does not cause illness to come upon us. He does not cause sickness to come upon us. He is not trying to teach us a lesson. There is an enemy of your soul. He is out to get you any way he can. He can't get us. He doesn't have right to us. We are bought with a price. Jesus' blood was shed for us. We have the power, we have the authority. We need to walk in it and stop cowering in a corner waiting for something to happen. God's love for us is unconditional, absolutely unconditional. It does not matter how good you are, how bad you are, how old you are, how young you are. His love is unconditional. It doesn't matter if you preach twice, if you've never preached. It doesn't matter if you've evangelized a hundred times and never evangelized yet. Today is a brand new day. God's love for you is unchanged. There is not a thing you can do that is going to change that. And there is not a thing you can do to make it get better or get it worse. God's love is unconditional. Say that with me. God's love is unconditional. You did not do it. You did not earn it. You did not deserve it. So just get over it. Jesus loves you. God loves you. And that is the truth. That is the bottom line. That is the most important thing. So whenever anything else seems to be going wrong, anything else seems to be going bad, anything else seems to be going sideways, God's love is real and God loves you now as you are. I've never yet, in all my years going fishing, I have never yet yet once caught a fish that was already pre-cleaned and ready to go in the frying pan. There's sometimes work to be done. We are imperfect people, even in the church, even behind the pulpit. We are flesh, bone, blood, sweat, and tears. We have feelings, we have emotions, and we're all walking this out. But never, ever feel alone. And let's try to create an atmosphere with one another where there is a comfort, that there is an a, a ability to share and care and to be cared for. Don't be, so, don't be so shut in, too, that you don't let someone else help you. Don't be so prideful that you don't need help. Because I don't know many people that don't need help. Sometimes, you know, we all need a pat on the back. Sometimes we need a kick in the butt too.
1: Right? God's love is real. I love you. God loves you. I hope this was helpful. So let me just, let me just close in prayer. Father, I thank you that your word is real and that your word
0: is truth. Thank you that your love is indeed, truly beyond our understanding. But let us press in to that point where we can begin to sense in the Spirit, sense in any realm where we operate, your love, that you are concerned for us, and that your intention is for our well-being. Thank you, Lord. That any that need a touch, physical, spiritual, emotional, receive it right now. May they all receive that heavenly hug, that pat on the back, (laughs) or, or the kick in the pants. Whatever it is that we need, you know, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.